Welcome to Pushing Through. I'm Tate Frazier, and as always, I am joined by the kid BJ Armstrong. And BJ, we got a lot of playoff basketball to talk about. Unfortunately, we got some injuries to two teams that won the East and the West. We'll get all into that later. But first and foremost, you are a three-time champion for the Chicago Bulls. And the Chicago Bulls won game two against the defending champions. The Bullies. The Bullies. (laughs) The Bullies. I just got to, how do you feel? Because it was fun and you could see that it was cathartic for the city of Chicago to get a a playoff win against, as Billy Donovan called them, the big boys. So that was, uh, that was nice to see for Chicago and the Bulls. Well, it, it was nice to see that the Bulls were able to come through and, it's been a long time. It's been since yeah, Derek. Yeah, yeah I no, mean, it's been a long time for them to play. I think this was more about pride than anything because yeah. I don't think many people have given them a chance. No, a lot of people were saying sweep before the series. Not win the series. They were like a sweep, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, it, it was a great win. You know, the Bulls, obviously, like every team, all right, they point to injuries. They don't have, you know, Lonzo Ball. Now Milwaukee doesn't have Chris Middleton. So forth and so on. You know, every team has their, you know, things that they have to overcome. But give the Bulls credit. They came in. They played hard. They played well. Tremendous effort by DeMar DeRozan, Alex Caruso. Vucevic. Yeah, Vucevic came in and and really did a nice job. And they came up, before you know it, they got a win. Now, hopefully this wakes this wakes Milwaukee up because Milwaukee looked like they just look like they're not interested at the. They just sleepwalking right now. That's what yeah. it looks like to me, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm not taking away anything that the Bulls did, but it's the playoffs. Wake up! I mean, it's, it's yeah, go it's kind of like game one for the Memphis Grizzlies. Okay, mm-hmm. they've been they they were on ESPN. They've been in highlights. They're getting <laughs> all of these the accolades of they are the team next, so forth and so on, and they forgot to show up in game one and actually play the game, but. That was a little wake-up call for them. So we'll see what happens. Now, I know Chris Middleton is a, a huge part of this team. Yeah. But as long as Giannis is on the floor, I feel confident. Okay? I, it, it doesn't – you and and me and Midas and maybe one other person. And if Giannis is on the floor, I still feel good about my chances. Exactly. Okay? That's, how, that's, how much I re, that's how much respect I have for him. So as long as he's healthy, I'm good. You know, I remember when Giannis went down in the playoffs just a year ago. Yeah, against Atlanta. It was a similar situation. And not too many people gave them a chance, but give them credit. They've, they figured it out. So I think they can figure this one out. There's going to be adversity along the way. You know, they have a, a, a man down. You know, hopefully, you know, he'll get back soon. Hopefully it's not too bad. I think they said it was a sprained MCL. If yeah, I, they if said I four to six that, weeks was the, the timeline. If line. I heard that correctly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's going to put a, a, a little bit more weight on Giannis's back. However... I think this gives him an opportunity to display what you and I have been saying for the last two years. He is the best player in the league and great players always rise to the occasion. Yes. And I'm sure somehow, some way he will take his game to another level. I don't know how at this point, but we will get an opportunity to witness it and come back and say, I didn't know he could do X, (laughs) Y, and Z. He will. I know this. He's going to show up and fight. So I'm waiting to see game three in Chicago. And here's a little secret. Most teams don't like to play. The good teams don't like to play at home because there's too many distractions at home. You got family, tickets, 
you know, everyone's coming to the arena to say they were at the game. That yeah, it's a lot of kissing the baby. Yeah, yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Now I can, I don't have to worry about my food. I don't have to worry about Lock phone in. ringing. I can I can control my environment. I get yeah. on the road with my guys. It's a business trip, you know. You, yeah. Every, every dad so, in America is like, I'm trying to go on a business trip. I'm yeah, trying to get away you know, from distractions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. I don't have to worry about you know my yeah. my, my, my my significant other requesting yeah. tickets because family members came into town. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you know, no one's going to especially when my you're nap. the champs. When you're the champs, yeah, everybody yeah, that's what wants. I'm you know, yeah, they're, they're going to be the media requests. And Aaron Rodgers is at the game. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so forth and so on. Now, let's get to business now. Let's get on the road. Let's go and play and, you know, do what we got to do and 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 get back to business. So, you know, hopefully, you know, um, like I said, Chris Middleton, hopefully, you know, he gets back. But other than that, I'm, I'm not really concerned just yet. However, that was a great win. I don't want to take away anything from the, from the Bulls. The Bulls were terrific in game two. And... You know, but here we go. We got three more games to win. First team to four wins the series. Yeah, and Billy Donovan said that after the game. I thought he had a Oh, a nice, Billy said that? So <laughs> am I a coach now? Is that what <laughs> yeah, Billy said? You said, like, you said like Coach, coach Armstrong? How's yeah, that sound? Yeah, Coach Armstrong. There you go. But I I, I feel the same way uh, as you said. I mean, when, the, when Chris Middleton, the announcement came out, I think a lot of people were like, well, who's the favorite now? The defending right. champs, champs are losing Chris Middleton. But as long as the defending champs are not losing number 34, a.k.a. Giannis the Great, I think you, you look ahead and you say he can shoulder more of the burden of scoring. He can wear more hats than he's already wearing. And I like when he and Brooke Lopez, or I like that rapport that they have with each other. It's good to see Brooke. Brooke mm-hmm. I mean, you know, sorry to cut you off your tape, but I thought Brooke really showed up and uh, played perhaps his best game since his uh, return. I think he's the guy that has to, will step up into that, you know, as we lose our number two guy, Drew's number two, and maybe Brooke steps up to be number three without Chris Middleton. So there you go. I mean, I, yeah, I think that. I, I, well, I, I, if there's one concern up. I do have. If it's one concern, and I mean, Chris Middleton is a big concern. Don't get me wrong. But they have to get something off their bench. That bench right now, especially if Bobby Portis is not available, they're going to have to figure out how to get someone to score double figures off the bench. Grayson Allen, someone like that. Yeah. Somebody's got to do something, you mm-hmm. know, because this team doesn't have the depth that a championship caliber team would normally have. I like their starting five. With the exception of Bobby Porters, I'm not sure how many other players can consistently score double-digit points and how they can contribute to the game other than they can shoot open shots. Yeah. So I am concerned about the bench. You know, Bobby Porters' injury, to me, concerns me more than Chris Middleton. You know, Chris yeah. Middleton, you know, like, I mean, he can, he's a 20-point scorer. He's capable of having quarters. I think they're going to need him if they're going to win the championship. However, I think if they can withstand this injury and and somehow, you know, just, you know, be a 500 team in the playoffs, which is, you know, easier said than done. Um, a lot of that's going to be determined by who's going to contribute off their bench. Like Whether it's Serge Ibaka, in. Jordan Awara, you know, someone's one of those got guys. to step up yeah. to this and really give them a contribution consistently that they say we can get 10 to 15 points night in and night out. We can get whatever defense rebounding, what have you, because now their big three will consist of the following 
Giannis obviously will be number one, but Drew Holiday and Brooke Lopez are going to have to step up and now cement that big three. And then everyone else is going to have to fill up, fill in around that. Yeah, the Pat Connaughton, Wesley yeah, Matthews. Yeah. yeah, So, but the other guys are going to have to really give them consistent 10 to 15 points from somewhere else, which probably they wouldn't do if Chris Middleton was healthy. Mm. Well, let's talk about uh, another team in the East. We got Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Bucks, obviously the defending champs, but another team that is catching the eye and uh, catching the heart of uh, America and maybe not so much Canada. Uh, we got to talk about the Philadelphia 76ers and, and Coach Doc Rivers, who finally is getting some some love. You've, you've always said on the show that you have an appreciation and respect for the coach uh, that is Doc Rivers, Glenn Rivers. And uh, last night, Joel Embiid, uh, the seven-foot-three I mean, a superstar at this point, BJ, hits a big-time shot, has his big-time uh, playoff moment, one of the first of his career at that level. Uh, what did you see from the big fella, and what did you get from this nice, uh, you know, decisive win for Philadelphia, and they go up 3-0 over the, over the Toronto Raptors? Well, the analytics love to have a, you know, they, they, they love to point at the failures and the numbers of Doc Rivers. You of know, course, as far as you know, what a three people are very reasons. dismissive towards Doc Rivers for yeah, whatever you, reason, you know, but it is and, what it and is. And I get it, right? You know, you know, you know, you look at the numbers, and <laughs> that's what we do now, right? We look at numbers, but what we don't look at is the game. Is the, I, there, there you, go. you took the words right out of my. You and I have been around each other too long. They look at the numbers, but they never look. And, and that's one of my pet peeves now. They're looking, but they're not watching. You know what I mean? Yeah, Maybe that's the good way to my, say it. If you ever listen to some people as they're broadcasting the games, they're looking at the numbers and their notes, but they're not broadcasting the game. Mm. And that's why I was so, I was thrilled with our good friend, and, and he's come on our show, Gus Johnson. Yeah. Because Gus is watching the game. He's watching the game. He's watching the same thing I'm watching. And when, you know, when someone shoots a three, he goes rising fire. You know what I mean? He's not just telling me this guy's a 36%. I don't care what his numbers are. I just want to know what's going on. Yeah. Give me some insight to the game. Now, Doc Rivers, he was a pretty good player. Not pretty good. He was a really good basketball player. He's a really good player when he played in the league. Played a long time. He's coached. He's been... He's turned around every place. When I say turned around, he's made an impact. He's been impactful, whether that was in Orlando when he first came in as a coach. Yep. Then in, if I remember, then he went to Boston, right? Then he went to the Clippers. He's he's been very very impactful. Now and he won a championship. I feel like a lot of people talk about him as if he didn't hey, win a championship. Hey, hey, yeah. You know what? This is what I'm saying <laughs> now. With a makeshift team, they got put together via trade. I mean, every team, every place he's been to, he's been impactful. Now we all know how hard it is to win, and to win, Tate, you more times than not, you got to have the best player, or if not the best player, you better have <laughs> two of the top three guys on the same team if you're going to beat the best player. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like Tate, that's how this works. You can talk about great coaches and all that. I haven't seen too many great coaches without great players. Look at Greg Popovich right now without Tim Duncan. Well, he forgot how to coach this year or the year <laughs> before that. He just forgot how to coach. But if you give him some great players, he'll go to the Olympics and he'll win it a win. gold medal. Yep. If you give him Tim Duncan, he'll figure it out. 
Not to take away the players that he currently have, they're just not at that level. Yeah. And DeJounte okay. Murray's a guy who maybe could get not maybe not Tim Duncan, but he could All get to a, a high sudden, level. All of a sudden, the same plays that Doc Rivers were <laughs> running in 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 the Clippers, and those players missed that last second shot. Joel Embiid makes that shot. Now it's a great play. Now Doc is no. It takes great players to make great plays. And Doc Rivers, I've never seen a Doc Rivers team not prepare. I've never seen a Doc Rivers team that didn't come out and, 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 and they may not have made shots. They may not have executed. And we all can say that. No one's perfect. But I'm going to tell you this. Doc Rivers is prepared for the moment. And he shows up. And then whatever happens, you live with those results. And that's what I respect. And Doc mm. Rivers last night, you could tell his team was prepared for that moment. And now the execution, if you make it, great play. If you miss it, you lose the game and you go home and you you, go, you move on to the next one. That's how this works. Mm-hmm. I would love to sit here and tell you I'm a three-time champion, da-da-da. Tate, believe it or not, a possession here, a possession there, I could have easily lost those games. So we all have to say champion with great humility and it and it helps when you're playing with a guy you know a couple a, people that i played with you know it it, it helps. helps when the guy like you said you got to have the, sometimes it's good to have the best player on your team hey hey it helps and you need all the help you can get okay you know what yeah, I mean? and take, you, you need some luck i mean there's a lot yeah, of things take, there's a lot going yeah. on you know what i mean there's a lot going on it's and i'm recipe. not trying to devalue or overvalue anything it helps when you have the best player on the floor. <laughs> Let's just say that. And Joel Embiid, for all intents and Joel purposes, Embiid is the best player is, on the floor. Joel Embiid is playing like one of, he's one of three players this year that you could say in any given, you know, he's one of he's one of the top three players in the NBA, give or take. I don't care who he is, you know yeah. what I mean, this year. I agree. MVP, okay. And whoever ends up winning the MVP, and this is the, I can't remember any other time I felt this way. I wouldn't be mad whoever wins the MVP. Of those three, absolutely. Of those three. Jokic, mm-hmm. Giannis, and Embiid. Because you know what? They all deserve it, really. They all they all deserve it. And Embiid is making his case. I know it's a regular season award, but he's making his case right now. I mean, Joel is like. Respect man, me. I'm, I'm that guy. Yeah. You know, you know, Giannis, you know, they lose. But he's, I mean, he still had 33 and 17. And you're like, ah. Eh. Mm-hmm. I mean that, that and I Giannis now to me it's like he had 33 17 and whatever nine last night and you're like eh. <laughs> no I know exactly well, I mean, you that, know the narrative is like what's gonna happen with Chris Middleton they can't win wait a minute wait a minute hold on you got a guy just gave you 33 17 and nine and casually we, and we know that he could bump that up to 50. 21 and 15 you know what i mean like you know what i mean like i feel like now he's he's really stepped into like another level right he's like he's rarefied air right now yeah he's in that jordan where you know those guys can win the mvp every year but just to keep it interesting let's highlight these other guys yeah They're, they're you know what i mean let's highlight these other guys now so um i give joel Embry credit i give doc rivers credit doc is a phenomenal coach you know, I love what I'm seeing from Maxi. Uh, I think Maxi's been great for them. I mean, he's oh, Maxie, he's reliable. You know, I, I think I, we mentioned this last time. He's not deferring to anyone. 
He's doing great. And you know what was great about this? I want to say this real quick. I mean, they won without James Harden. James Harden fouled out. Yeah. So I like I like this Philly team. Are they good enough to win it? Hey, we're going to find out. But everything I need to know about Philly, hopefully they finish this series. Hopefully Miami finishes their series. To me, Philadelphia is on the clock once they get to the Miami series. Why do I say that? It's because we're going to see two teams that are both well-coached. They both have their advantages that we can see on paper. You know, you can see Joel Embiid, but you also can see some advantages for Miami. And then you're going to see who's who and what's what. Yeah. You're going to see who's who in the next round. And then if they get past that round, I will be ready to say Philadelphia is X, Y, and Z or Miami is X, Y, and Z. And we will be able to find it because we both know that both of these teams are going to come with a level of toughness. They both can play to their strengths. Mm -hmm. They both have weaknesses and things. They both will be well-prepared. I mean, Eric Spolster is a phenomenal coach, right? He's having a Hall of Fame career as a coach. Doc Rivers, Hall of Fame career as a coach. Great players on both sides. Jimmy, Joel, yeah. Jimmy, Joel, Maxi, Lowry, Lowry, mm-hmm. Bam. You know, there's, you know, there's, there's, there's James Harden. There's enough to go around. Mm-hmm. Okay, so to me, next the next round will determine everything I need to know about the Philadelphia 76ers. I agree with that. And speaking of the next round, let's talk about the Boston Celtics and the Brooklyn Nets because uh the Seas, the Seas, the Seas, <laughs> Brian Scalabrini. I Brian Scalabrini, where where is Brian? Where's Scal when we need him? You know what Red I mean? Mamba. Yeah, he he's got to be celebrating right now. Uh the Celtics are really enjoying the fact that uh it seems like America is pulling for them as they play the vaunted Brooklyn Nets, you know, with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and game 1 we got, you know, an amazing performance from Kyrie, but you know, the, an amazing finish with Jason Tatum in game two. The Nets go up by 17. Looks like all things are going in the right direction. And then Boston battles back and gets a really gritty win to go up 2 0. But again, they just they, they held home court, BJ, and they go back to Brooklyn. Um, what do you see in this series? Uh, a lot of people are saying well, the Celtics might sweep. I am not in, in that position. I think that there is a lot of basketball to be played in this series. But what have you seen so far, and what do you expect to see in Brooklyn? Well, I I I I wish I knew you know Steve Nash better. I really do. I wish it was you coaching the team, Tate, because I want to <laughs> call you and you know tell you what I see as a friend. Yeah, I'm yeah. rooting. I'm rooting for the Celtics here. I'm not for the Celtics. I'm sorry. For the Nets. I picked the Nets to win. Yeah. Okay. I, I really did. And the reason I did is because I think they have, and I still think this, they have the best player in the series. More times than not, when you have the best player in the series, you're, you're going to win, win that series nine out of 10 times. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jason Tatum is terrific. Jalen Brown is terrific. But Kevin Durant is the best player in the series. The Celtics aren't they aren't like incredibly deep off their off their bench. So I thought before the series started I was like, you know, Kyrie could easily be the second best player in this series. 
at any given moment. I mean, game one, he showed you, you know, like he was the best player on the floor. Yeah. But the thing that's disturbing me is the half-court execution. Oh, it's, yeah. The, of the of the Nets. Now, it, it's the worst case of isolation ball you'll see. You know, Tate, I, I'm often reminded of things. You know, like, I, I you know, like, you know me, Tate. I don't, I don't live in the past, but I, I, it reminds me of things. And watching the Nets' half court offense right now, I, I just want to say, Coach, what's going on? Like, I, I, I'm not questioning it. Right? I'm not, I'm not playing the couch coach or anything. I just want to know, Coach, what's going on? What do you see? And the reason I'm saying that is because of the following. When you play with a great player, when you play with an elite player, like a Kevin Durant, we have a player that's capable at any given moment of taking over that game and going outside of the offense because they have such an elite offensive weapon. repertoire yeah. or they're like a weapon, however you want to categorize yeah, it, yeah, yeah. that they can just go off on tangents without the offense. They can just go outside of the offense. Here's the thing that bothers me about Kevin Durant. Him missing shots, I want to make sure I say this. I don't have a problem with the player missing shots. He goes 0 for 30, so be it. The thing that's bothering me, though, is he's not getting any shots that he wants. The second thing that bothers me more than the first thing is the only offense that we're getting for him is just isolation. Tate, I'm looking at him. If I, if, if, but maybe my television and my eyes aren't as good anymore. He's a seven footer. Why is he not posting up? Yeah, why is he catching the ball 30 feet from the basket and we're expecting him to beat guys off the dribble? You know, Tate, you're not going to beat anyone in this league playing isolation basketball as you advance in the playoffs. Now, this is a really good defensive team. And I know this is the first round, but there's a reason why the Celtics may be the best team in the league, especially record-wise and defensively. They are the best second in, they're the best team in the league right now since the beginning of the year. Okay? That's one thing that's one thing you can say about the Celtics. They will, they will defend as a team, and they're minus to me, perhaps their best defender in Robert Williams. I know Marcus Smart, who was Defensive Player of the Year, but Robert Williams is now creeping into as an as an elite defensive player as a big, yeah, because of his ability to block shots. I don't understand what's going on in the offense, and I'm reminded of this tape. Ball movement equals player movement. If you're going to beat a good defensive team, you got to move them. Because if you, you can't just, against, the, against the, the bad teams or the teams who are not as good on the defensive end as this Boston team, Kevin Durant can just, he can just do that. But Tate, the last thing you want to do is give a team a steady diet in the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter of the same play. 
You want to put Kevin Durant on the box. Let him draw double teams. You want to run him off screens. You want to run him off down screens. You might want to run some slips. You might want to run some screen rolls. You might want to run some, you know, taking them off from one side to the other. You have to move this defense around so they can't load up on Kevin Durant. Mm. Okay? It's clear to me what they're doing. They're playing the game. They're being very physical with him. He can't find space. And when he catches the ball, he's seeing five defensive players every time he catches the ball. Tate, I don't care who you are. You're not going to beat that. Because the spacing is broken down for the other players. He has no one to pass the ball to. And in spite of all of these things, Tate, they still have a chance to win these games. Yeah. That's that's why I don't think the series that's what's is over. Bothering me. So yeah. it's not that I'm criticizing. I just want to understand the philosophy so I can say, oh, this is what they're supposed to be doing. Because right now, Tate, playing isolation basketball works in small stretches of any game. Because you need that. Yeah, right. Yeah. We need a bucket here. Yeah, exactly. We need a bucket. Yeah. Just go get us a bucket to stop the bleeding or yeah. create a play when there's nothing there. The mm-hmm. offense broke down. Okay. You can do that, but Tate, continuously giving him the ball at the top of the key and say, Kevin, go get yours. Yeah. That's not going to work. No. And it's obvious. I mean, it's blatant. Yeah. You know what? I, and I'm not taking away anything. And the I'm Celtics, taking, it was so blatant. The Celtics were getting two guys contesting a shot. I mean, that's, that's how. I mean, I'm not taking away anything. I agree with you, Tate, that the Celtics did because they deserve the credit. But. As a as a as a as a person who played, I want to play against Kevin Durant right now because I know where he's going. He's just going to catch the ball at the top. We're gonna we're gonna have two guys at the elbow. I've never seen someone block Kevin Durant's jump shot in back to back games. Mm. I've I've never uh, seen yeah, that. Yeah, I've never seen that either. So yeah. what they've done is they've broken down the spacing. And the Nets are going to have to find a way to do the following. Ball movement, player movement. If I can get Kevin Durant catching the ball on the run before the defense can load up, I guarantee you he'll score 40. Right now, he can't find space to make five baskets in a, playing 40-plus minutes in a game right now. Hmm. So right now, the spacing is, is wrong. Give Boston credit. Al Horford has been terrific in the first two games. And they're being incredibly physical with this team. And Brooklyn hasn't responded yet. So we'll see. And, and I wish you were coaching the team because I want to call you and be like, okay, <laughs> Tate, tell me what you're doing. So I can understand. Because I, right now, I would literally I don't just understand. I, I would take it back to like elementary level and just say, All right, guys, four passes before we take a shot. I mean what just just, <laughs> just, just the ball. <laughs> just have fifteen to eighteen foot spacing. Yeah. Have your shooters in the corners, have your dunker in the dunker spot, and have a a, a player opposite if KD is operating from here or whatever. So that he can pass the ball to the other four players. Right now, there's nothing for him to do. How about this? Let's set a screen for him. 
Yeah, I mean, the, it, every possession, it seems like a fight just to get him the basketball. And then when they take the, the breath that he's got the ball, there's eight seconds on the street hot clock, and then he's got to create something out of nothing. I mean, that's and, how it feels I mean, every single time. I, I love the physical play of the Celtics right now. I, I, I mean, it's the playoffs. I mean, that's what they should be and, doing. And, I mean, and I, it's, I, I just wish I knew, I wish I knew Coach Nash better because I, I don't understand what's going on. Like, like, you don't have one guy like this. You have two guys. You have two elite guys who can break down any offense and play outside of an offensive scheme. Can you tell me offensively what they're trying to do other than just to get Kevin Durant one-on-one and Kyrie one-on-one? Like, are they trying to attack Al Horford? Are they trying to – they feel they have a mismatch on the box? What are they trying to do? Mm-hmm. Like, what's – Every first five possessions of every playoff game, it kind of gives you the menu of where we feel we can attack you. Like, it's clear to me that Al Horford, they feel, has to be aggressive because he's not this aggressive during the regular season, but he's aggressive now shooting the corner threes. Their bigs are firmly, they've been, they told the bigs, whenever you catch the ball, shoot it. Mm-hmm. Because Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum were going to break the defense down. And, they, and their wing players, hey, you guys space the floor. To me, I, I get what they're trying to do. And every now and then, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown will have to play, you know, in the shot clock, you know, and, and, and do what you have to do. But right now, I couldn't tell you in the first two games what the what the Nets are trying to do. I don't it's, know what they're it, trying to it do. It seemed very ad-lib. It seemed very improv. It seemed like uh, get Kevin the ball, get Kyrie the ball, and let them do what they do. And uh, that's not good enough. Uh, well, you know, it's not going to work. You know yeah. You know what? If anything, like, I don't... They're amazing. They're, they're two of the most skilled players you'll ever see, but nobody is good enough to win that no, way. No, you can't win, win all five. That's a yeah. good defensive team. You know what yeah. I mean? Like A connected... Very you know, good defensive team. I, I, again, teams have been doing this. This isn't anything new. It's like a version of the Jordan rules. Tate, this has been going on since the beginning. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, didn't you see that? Mm-hmm. Haven't you seen what the Warriors did to James Harden? You just load up on the guy. You can't win playing isolation basketball. This isn't anything new. You follow what I'm saying, Tate? I'm not critic. I just want to know, like, we've seen this before. But if you move your great player around, sometimes you bring him to the strong side. Sometimes you bring him to the weak side. Sometimes you play screen roll with him to get the mismatch. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know. I I like what you said about putting him on the block. I mean. You you know, sometimes he's the decoy. Yeah. Sometime we come out of a timeout and we go have a back screen. Oh, I didn't know they had that in their in their arsenal. So you have to move these great players around to keep the defense honest so that they can't just load up on them. Because what is what is every what is a great every great player needs the same thing. They need space to operate so they can be great. They need space. So yeah. you know, and I know Coach Nass is listening. So coach. Ball movement, player movement. Now, hopefully, they'll go home, they'll settle in, they'll play better, and maybe, just maybe, the offensive execution will be better. Because 
as poorly has as poorly as they have played in both of these games. Okay? They could have won both. I don't know how much better, you know, it's not like, well, I can shouldn't say that. I think the, the Celtics are playing terrific, by the way, right? They were down, but the Celtics were down, what, 15 or so? 17, yeah. 17 in the in the second game. The first game, they had the first game, the Nets had like seven turnovers in the first quarter or something. <laughs> yes, exactly. And still had a chance to win. So as as bad as they played, if there's a positive, they're like, oh man, we clean up a couple things. We make a few shots. We can win these games. Mm. So but if they don't clean this up and if they don't play better, especially their execution, I'm not even saying they got to make the shots. Just get the execution together. Yeah, just run offense. That, to me, is a, a huge improvement for them. If they can just execute. Let's, then, make, let's, course, make, let's make these guys rotate a couple times in, 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 on the defensive end. Let's see how good they really are. Let's, let's see how really, you know what I mean? Let's make them work a little bit. Because right now, it looks like they're working the nets, obviously. Right. Uh, that, that's what it's been the first two games. I wanted to ask you one more thing before we get out of here. Uh, Devin Booker goes down with the hamstring. Yeah. Uh, Woj says it's two to three weeks, but we'll be closer to two weeks. This is an injury he's dealt with before. So in in one sense, that's some positive news. But in another sense, you talked about the best player in a series is usually going to win a series. And Devin Booker would fall into that category for the Phoenix Suns. But right now, when you look at the Pelicans and the Suns in that series, Brandon Ingram might be the best player in the series, BJ. So I, I'm a little concerned about what's going to happen I, when they I, go down I, to New Orleans. I agree. I agree. Brandon Ingram now may be the best player in the series. However, I still believe that Phoenix is the best team. Mm-hmm. Me too. Because of their depth, right? Okay. I mean, this is Phoenix. I mean, they have guys who've won championships coming off the bench, like JaVale McGee. They have depth. They have experience. And they have players who are capable of, of really expanding their role on the team. You know, Malik Bridges, for instance, DeAndre Jordan, DeAndre Ayton, mm-hmm. Jay Crowder, Cam Johnson, Cam Johnson, you know, Chris Paul. So I think that their death now is of the absolute necessity. They have to get one of these games here. They're going to have to play a little different brand of basketball, knowing now fully that he won't be there. It's always tough to play when a player goes out in an injury because you don't know what's going on, right? You know, and is he coming back? Is he here? And then the other team seems to gain confidence. Now everyone knows what it is. And and that could be good and bad. Now, the good part about it is on paper, you're saying, wow, they can't be as good without Devin Booker as they can with Devin Booker. But let me tell you something. How many times, Tate, do you see the best player on another team go down and then that the team the next night win the game because you don't know how to defend them. Yeah, exactly. Suddenly but, now, you know, you you say, okay, I know how Mikael Bridges plays, and all of a sudden now he goes from being the third or fourth option to now suddenly he be, he becomes the second option. Yeah, and he's putting up thirty points, and you're like, and he, wait a second, because where's you this weren't prepared, from? Yeah. or you've never seen these plays or adjustments that they're going to make. Now, mm-hmm. the Phoenix Suns will be a different team now. They have to be a different team if they're going to win. They have to get a game here. Okay? They I mean, that's without question. They have to get a game. I don't care which game it is. It has to they have to even the series up 2-2. And you know, psychologically they got to let them know, let New Orleans know. Now, New Orleans on the other hand, they have to be feeling good about themselves. And they have to be very careful now of 
what I what what I said and why I said what I said against the Milwaukee Bucks. Here's the secret: no one likes to play at home. So now these guys are at home, New Orleans. They're doing media. They're hearing how now they have a chance. They're in the series. And everyone's singing their praises. You come into the arena, everyone's going, oh, Tate, great job. Everyone's everyone's happy. Everyone's at the arena to see you win the game. You have the crowd. But someone's got to play the game, Tate. Mm-hmm. So right now, you know, New Orleans should be feeling good. They should be a very confident team. They play terrific in game two. Okay? They, they weren't good. They were terrific. All right? They were, you know, Tate, they really be Brandon Ingram. I, I've always been a Brandon Ingram fan. But it seems like you finally just kind of put it all together. Brandon Ingram right now was like, you know, I, I don't want to put this type of pressure on him. You're going, okay, if I've seen that once, okay, you now I want to see it on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. I mean, he made big shots, big plays. Got to his spots. And it looked like he was having fun. You know what I mean? Man, man, hey, hey, this team, you can tell. This team, everyone talks about culture. and all. I don't know what culture is. I really don't. Like, I hear people say, I'm here to change the culture. I'm like, can, can you send me what it is? Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know what it is. Yeah. I, I, but I, at, least, I, at least I admit it. I don't know what it is. But I know it when I see it. It's I just P- know it when I see it. Yeah, yeah. Culture, the the concept is PR, but the reality is, you, is. you know it when you see it. Yeah. I just, well, I can tell you this. The culture has changed in New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is, though. I just know it when I see it. Because yeah. the way that C.J. McCullough is playing, the way that all these people are playing, you could tell they know something right now. And they're yeah. playing as a confident group. So I'm going to give them credit. I'm going to give those guys, hey, they should be feeling good about it. But just don't forget, somebody's got to play the game. Yeah, and you you caught it uh, before our last show. I mean, before the Pelicans pulled the upset, you know, Willie Green obviously knows it, that, Willie, that team yeah, yeah. and, uh, you know, got yeah, things done. Willie Green knows something, and M.A. Udoka, he knows something because he was over there coaching for Brooklyn, yeah. mm-hmm. Okay. I always watch former coaches go against their former teams or their mentors. Why? Mm -hmm. Because they know something. Yeah. And it's fascinating to watch Coach Willie Green, what he's doing and how he's attacking Phoenix. And it's very interesting, and no one's talking about it, how Coach Idoka knows something about Brooklyn. He coached those guys. Mm -hmm. He knows something about them. He might, and and he could be the reason. You know, we talk about the ISO plays and stuff, and he could be baiting these guys into that because he knows okay. their tendencies. He, you know what okay. I mean? He now, he. That's how now, deep in the, in the game that we if are. You're running offense in the playoffs, mm-hmm. okay, Tate? Another little secret. I always look for as you advance in the playoffs. And Tate, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I've been in a few of those battles, and you know, it doesn't matter when you were in, you were in them. Let me tell you something. As you advance or you play against a really good defensive team, the good defensive teams always take away, Tate, the first option. A really good team will take away the second option. And a really good team, when you get to the conference finals, will take away your first, second, and third option. That's why you always hear people say, great players have to make great plays. Mm. Okay? And that's what the great players do. Now, here's what I see with the Celtics. That's bothering me, Tate. They've taken away the first option, 
And I haven't seen the Nets go to a second option yet. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. You took away the pass to the wing. There has to be a counter to run the play, to keep running the play, because you took away something. I want to see now, going back to this Phoenix series, Devin Booker is a huge loss. Make no doubt about it. But you know what's what's to me is going to be fascinating? They're going to plug and play and go to their second and third options to figure out what they got to do. See, that to me is when you know you have a sound offense that's standing on the principles. I can't just keep throwing the ball away as Coach Jackson would love to, you know, this reminds me of a quick story, Tate, and we're going to get out of here. <laughs> I was in Miami. I think I might have told you this before, Tate. So excuse me if I told you this. I was in Miami. This Jordan guy, 23, he, you know, he, he would get going from time to time. He gets it going, and instead of running a play, I saw a mismatch, and I just hold my position to let him play in isolation basketball. This is after a guy scores like 15 in a row. Like, you know, he had like four or five in a row, whatever. So I just hold to isolate early in the game, like the second quarter. Bill Jackson calls a timeout. He just, he MFs me and curses me out take like never before. The lesson that I learned from that was, BJ, it's not time to let him isolate this early in the game. And he wanted to make sure, he didn't say anything about Michael for taking the shot. He didn't say anything about Michael for making the shot. Mm -hmm. We were playing beautiful basketball, but he took a timeout to make sure to curse me out, to tell me, it's not time yet to let him play isolation basketball because we might need that play later in the, in the game. When it, when it matters later in the game. Why are we? Now, why luckily, are we? Why are we giving that away now? Yeah, we were playing the Miami Heat. Never forget it. Tate, everything was going smooth. He was cooking. We, we were playing well on the defensive. Everything was going <laughs> great. And Tate, out of nowhere, you would think we were down twenty. And I remember that. And that's what I want to tell Coach Nash. It's not time yet to play isolation basketball with Kevin Durant. Stick to your principles. Stick to your offense. And the, and the reason I'm telling you that Jason Tatum will probably now, the way he's playing, he probably will win the MVP here in the next year or two. The reason being is because of the following. How many, Jason Tatum is a terrific one-on-one -on -one player. But you know what he's doing less and less since Coach Udoka came? He doesn't play isolation basketball anymore. He's sticking to the game plan. He's sticking to the principles of the offense and winning games by scoring less. He couldn't do that last year. Mm -hmm. That was the knock on him. He, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. When you see... He's playing a blended game. That's why everyone's like so impressed with him. Is now, it's the at best some point here, you know what he's going to figure out? He's going to figure out how to score. This is what the great, great, great players, they know how to score in the offense. They know how to score around the offense. And they know how to 
score when it's needed, and that's the only way you can score. Because when you're playing in the championship, trust me, everybody knows your plays. I was calling out the other team's plays before they call it out. I remember, to, hey, man, you going over here. You're in the wrong place. And he'd be telling me the same thing. That's how good, that's how well you know the other player, the players on the other team. And you know who's the only guy who can score? Are those really, really great players. Yeah. Because it's, it's basically freelance at that point, yeah. Because these teams are so good on the defensive end. Giannis, that was just a phenomenal play that he blocked last year against the Aiden. That, like, there's probably only one or two guys on the planet that could have made that defensive play. What can you do? If you lose on a play like that, what can you do? That's how you're supposed to lose. Exactly. But don't lose by just not showing up and just saying, I'm just going to play isolation basketball. So just to close this out, Tate, I still going to pick the Nets because I picked them from the beginning. So I'm going to, I'm going to, just because, you know, I think the Nets have the best player, but I'm giving the, I'm giving the Celtics credit. I'm giving them, they played well. They've, they've handled their business. And that was my lesson that I learned to never, ever allow great players to be great in the first or second quarter. <laughs> yeah. You're going to save I mean? it. Yeah, yeah. You save it. Save it's it. kind of like the last you know you minutes. have an advantage and you use it as you need it. Mm-hmm. And I wish somehow we could get that to the Nets. But maybe, like I said, Coach Adoka knows something we don't know. So that's it, my friend. No, it's a great show, and that's a great. Those are great points, and uh, I'm excited. We got the the Grizzlies are playing the Timberwolves right now, so we got a bunch of good games. I'm hoping the Nuggets yes. and Jokic, uh, the MVP Ant Man. Let's see what Ant Man's going to do. Ant Man's going to hey, show hey, up, hey. I think. I'm calling Ant Man. I'm calling. Is he going to pick up? Is he going to pick up, Tate? Is he going to pick up? I think. You know? he, I think he's going to play well. So I'm excited about that. Uh, BJ, anything else before we get out of here? When in water, my friend. We got to make waves. This has been pushing through, and we will see you early next week. <laughs> <laughs>